Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. It's going to be good. Well, I have something, I have to admit something to you guys. I have to, I have to share something with you this morning. And that is that I really like going to the shops. I really enjoy just going to the shops. However, I don't necessarily go to buy anything. I just like going to the shops. You know, like so much so that this last Thursday just been late night shopping. Come on, who knows late night shopping? Praise Jesus for late night shopping. It was late night shopping and me and Ashari was sitting at home and I was just like, you know what? Babe, we need to go to TDP. And she was like, why? And I was like, why not? And she was like, what do you need to get? And I was like, nothing. We should just go. <laughs> and so we got in the car, we jumped in the car and we drove to Tea Tree Plaza. Uh, all the renovations going on, trying to find a parking for like 40 minutes. Um, it's looking amazing though. It's looking great. And so we're going in the shop and we're just walking around, not really actually aiming to get anything. I just like looking at what my budget can't afford. You know what I'm saying? Like anyone else out there that's like, you go to the shops and you're like, man, I know that would look amazing, but my budget just can't afford it, you know? And my wife likes to remind me of that every now and then. She's like, Dan, don't forget our budget can't afford it. I'm like, I know. <laughs> um, and so we're going to the shops and we're just experiencing it and, and I love to walking in and I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but it tends to happen when you walk into clothing stores, specifically one clothing store and Tea Tree Plaza is infa- like infamously known for it, is that like as soon as you step in the door, like your foot is literally just crossed over the line into their store and then out of nowhere, somehow magically someone pops up and is like, can I help you with anything? And I'm like, I'm like, well, man, just give me my space, you know? And the, the classic standard response that I give is, no thanks, I'm just looking. Is anyone else like me like that? It's like, it's like a way of saying, I don't want to talk to you right now. <laughs> I'm just looking, you know? Like, it's that classic response. And especially like even when you walk in the store and you see the shop assistant all the way on the other side of the store, they have this like sixth sense that switches on when you step in and they're like, hey guys, how you doing? And you're like, oh, well, Good, I'm doing good. I'm just looking, thank you, before they even ask the question, just to set the mood, you know, like, just to be like, I don't need your help right now. I am just looking, thank you very much. And then uh, we were on holidays recently, and um, this happened. We were in a shoe store, and I was looking for a specific shoe. And uh, as we stepped in, they said, hey, can I help you? And I was like, guys, I'm just looking, thanks, you know, like, I'm just looking, it's all good. Like, I can find my own shoes, thank you very much, you know. Um, They're just here to help, but there's something about it that just, like, my defenses get all up there. And so we step in, I'm like, no, no thanks, we're just looking. But then came the moment where I'm like, you know, I can't, I couldn't find it in the store. And I'm like, babe, I'm sorry, I can't find this shoe. I don't think they have it. And she's like, why don't you just ask the shop attendant to see if they have it, like, you know, behind the door. And I was like, why would I do that? <laughs> I was like, I was like, babe, I don't know if you understand, like I've already communicated it to him that I'm just looking. I don't want to do that awkward walk of shame where you're just like, I'm just looking, thanks. And then you have to kind of like walk on up to the counter weirdly and just be like, hey, you know, like, do you have any of this in store? Like, it's just weird. I don't know if that's just me. Maybe I'm a weird dude. I am if you know me, but like, I find it just awkward and weird to be like, no, I'm just looking and then like, hey, can you help? Can you help us? And so I said, no, babe, it's fine. No, Jesus told me that we need to leave the store. So we need to go, you know, like, let's just leave. 
And so my wife being as amazing as she is, she was like, she's like, whatever. So she walks up to the counter and she's like, yeah, my husband over there, who's too embarrassed to come and talk to you guys and ask you guys for the shoe, you know, like that guy over there. Um, he wants to know if you have, and they turned out having the shoe in stock and, and all that. And I, I was left going, man, like, man, why wouldn't I just ask them for help? Like, what about it is, is so terrifying for me that I can't ask them for help? Like, I, I want to get something from them. Why can't I just go, hey, I need your help? You know what I'm saying? Like, and so I felt like in this moment when my wife was being like, I told you so. And I was like, yeah, I know you told me so. Um, I felt like God said to me, hey, Dan, sometimes, sometimes you can treat the Holy Spirit like you do a shop assistant. And I was like, what do you mean by that? And so I started to delve into it a little bit and I feel like God said to me, hey, sometimes you only ask the Holy Spirit for help when there's something big that goes on but the Holy Spirit is just here to help all the time and would make your life a lot easier if you were to communicate and ask it and have a relationship with Him on a more regular basis. And so I started to unpack this a little bit. And so here we are this morning. And my message this morning is simply called, as you can tell by the lovely graphic behind me, here to help, here to help. Because shop assistants, the only role that they have is to help you get some clothes or help you get some shoes or whatever it may be. And yet sometimes we don't accept that help. Is anyone else like me? It's like they're here to help, but we don't necessarily want to accept the help until we desperately, desperately need it. And so this morning, I'd love to talk to you about this guy called the Holy Spirit and what that means. And I'm not sure if you guys are aware, but the Holy Spirit is designed, we are designed to do life with the Holy Spirit on a regular basis, on a daily basis. And if you don't believe me, that's totally cool because I have this thing called the Bible, which I'm going to read in a second, and you can get it from there. So if you have your Bible, turn to Genesis 2, verse 7. I'm going to be reading from the NLT section this morning, and it's going to be up on the screen, I think, as well, uh, if you don't have it, which is cool. But in the way back in the beginning, when, when God was forming man, this is what happened. It says, uh, Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. There's two things I get from this. The first is that all men are dirtbags. Um, it's biblical, you know, like, you know, all the ladies were like, Yes, amen, come on. I see you over there. <laughs> it's just the truth, you know. But the second thing is this, is that there's a Hebrew word for spirit when it talks about the Holy Spirit. I'm going to try and, I'm going to try and pronounce this correctly, but if I don't, please forgive me, you know, but it's, it's ruach. You've got to get their throat in there, you know, <laughs> you know, ruach, you know. And actually what it means, the Hebrew word for spirit, what it actually means is air in motion or otherwise known as breath. And so when it's talking about God breathed the breath of life, into this dirt bag and it became alive. He's actually talking about how the Holy Spirit came within him. And then in that moment, he went from a dirt bag to a fully alive human being. And so what this tells me is that we were actually designed to do life with the Holy Spirit on a regular and consistent basis. Yeah. Are, we, are, you, are you with me so far? Yeah, it's, it's good. We are designed to do life with the Holy Spirit on a regular basis. And then not only do we see it way back in the beginning of the Bible in Genesis, but we also see it in the New Testament as well. You see, Jesus himself, he had a group of men around him called the disciples. There were about 12 of them that were close. And then he had another three that were even closer. And he said to the disciples in uh, Acts chapter 1, verse 4 to 5, he says, 
uh, it says, once he was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised you, as I told you before. John baptized you with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. See, this is how important it is. Not only are we created with the Holy Spirit in us, but Jesus is going, hey, don't do anything until you receive the Holy Spirit. These are his closest group. This is his disciples. These are the guys he was teaching with for three years. And he was like teaching them everything. They were with him all the time. And you would have thought that they knew enough to be able to go out and be effective for the kingdom of God. Yeah. Like they were, they were full time studying for three years with Jesus, like eat, sleep, all that sort of stuff. And you would have thought that they knew enough, but Jesus is going, Hey, don't do anything until you receive the Holy Spirit. Don't do anything until you receive the Holy Spirit. And so that's in Acts 1. And then Acts 2, we read this incredible account. You can go read it for yourself. It's awesome uh, about how they're in this upper room and they're waiting and the Holy Spirit comes and they encounter Him. And then we see these guys stand up in front of a large crowd and, and start preaching to them. And the Bible says that 3,000 people got saved. That, that's a lot of people, you know? Like, imagine trying to administrate that. That would, that would suck, you know? Like, 3,000 people came to know Jesus on that day. But the main person who was up there speaking and preaching is a guy called Peter. Now, Peter in the Bible, I don't, I relate to Peter a lot. I feel like Peter, uh, like I would click with him because Peter in the Bible has really high highs, but then quite significant lows as well. You know, Peter in the Bible is a, is a guy who uh, literally uh, one moment Jesus goes, he goes, hey, Jesus, you are the Messiah, you are the Lord. And Jesus goes, yes, this is revealed to you by my heavenly father. And then the next moment, literally like a couple of verses later, Jesus is rebuking him saying, get behind me, Satan. Like what in the world? Like talk about a high, high and a low, low. You know what I'm saying? Like you're like, man, I feel so. And then it's like, get behind me. It was like, Whoa, okay, okay. Peter had high highs and low lows. In fact, just before Acts, we see that when Jesus went to the cross, Peter, who was part of the three that were closest to Jesus, we see that uh, he's standing there a bunch of whole, uh, amongst a whole bunch of people. And as Jesus is being crucified, a bunch of people come in to ask him, go, hey, aren't you the guy that was with Jesus? Don't, don't you know Jesus? And we see Peter go, no, nah, I don't know him. And he's so terrified, so paralyzed by what they may do that he denies Jesus three times. And theologians actually think that on, the, on one of the times there was actually a girl that came up and was like, hey, don't you know? And so this is a little girl who has no authority over him at all. And so terrified and petrified was Peter in that moment that he denied knowing Jesus to this little girl. And yet a couple of chapters later in Acts, we see that he's standing up in front of thousands of people preaching and we see 3,000 people get saved that day. What a turnaround. What a turnaround. Something must have happened. And the thing that happened in between then and where we see him now is the fact that he encountered the Holy Spirit in a real and a tangible way and began to walk with him in a regular basis. And as a result, he was able to step into all that God had for him and so much more. See, all in the Bible, God has designed us to do life with the Holy Spirit. And I felt like I would say to me, and maybe to some of you guys, goes, hey, sometimes we treat the Holy Spirit like a shop assistant. Like an overzealous shop assistant, you know? Like, like you're, you're just walking, like, hey, do you need my help? And you're like, whoa, just calm down, bro. I got this, you know? Like, I can find my own things, you know what I'm saying? And we treat him a bit like that when really we should be asking for his help daily on a regular basis going, Holy Spirit, won't you be able to help me to be able to outwork? Because not only is it better for us, but like when you go into a shop and you know what you want and you ask the shop assistant, you find it so much quicker. Does anyone remember DVD stores? Come on, praise the Lord. So good. 
DVD stores. I remember spending like 40 minutes trying to choose a DVD on like cheaper Tuesdays, you know what I'm saying? Where you can get like, you know, like 40 minutes trying to choose a DVD. That's like more than half a movie, you know? And really, if I just go up to the guys who are behind the desk and be like, hey, do you have this in? They would be like, yeah, we have it. Here you go. It would be like a couple of minutes, but I chose to be like 40 minutes trying to choose. But see, when we actually activate and we actually respond to the help that is offered us, not only are we more effective, but we become more energized and we become bigger and better people. And so I want to tell you guys here this morning that the Holy Spirit is here to help you in your day-to-day life. But you know what? We actually have to learn to accept the help that is there on offer for us so that we can be more effective in what God has laid out in front of us. Does that sound good? Awesome. And so I just want to uh, highlight three things that the Holy Spirit can do in your life. And, you know, it's not only three things, but hopefully these three kind of sum up most of them and we can help implement them into our, into our day-to-day to really grow our relationship with the Holy Spirit. And so the first one is this, the role of the Holy Spirit in your life is to empower you. Number one would be to empower. Empower simply means to give authority to to give authority to and to strengthen. See, the Holy Spirit gives us the strength and the authority that we need to face what we need to face on a daily basis. The Holy Spirit is the person who gives authority, comes down and gives us strength to be able to outwork what God is putting in front of us. In simple terms, He does this. He adds His super to our natural. He adds His super to our natural and all of a sudden it becomes a supernatural moment. And so what takes place is that we step out, we have faith, we do something and then the Holy Spirit can come in and add His super to that and empower us so that it can go far bigger and better and far beyond what we could even do ourselves, yeah? So the Holy Spirit empowers us to be able to be more effective for Jesus in our walk. You see, when Peter, in his natural state, Peter wasn't naturally good at talking about Jesus in front of crowds. You know what i Like last time he denied Jesus three times, you know, like he doesn't have a good track record of talking about Jesus in front of crowds. And then yet when he meets the Holy Spirit, he gets an empowerment and an authority that comes upon him so that when he stands up in front of all those people, he begins to preach the Word of God and 3,000 people get saved. That comes from the authority and the empowerment and the strength of the Holy Spirit coming and encountering him at a very real, real tangible way. And you know what? The Holy Spirit wants to do the same thing in your life every single day. He wants to empower you to be able to face what you need to face. He wants to be able to empower you to deal with what you need to deal with on a daily basis because who knows that sometimes we aren't strong enough by ourselves to deal with what we need to deal with. Have you ever had that thought that goes, I can't do this alone? Good thing that you're not alone, that you have the Holy Spirit who's with you on a regular basis. You can go, hey, we got this, let's go. I'm going to give you strength. I'm going to empower you to be able to do this and act in authority on this so that you can overcome it. Holy Spirit empowers you. You see, the Holy Spirit takes our natural and adds a super to it. It takes our little and makes it much. I think so, so many times that we don't activate and walk in what God has in, in store for us because we're so worried that what little we can contribute won't make, won't make much of a difference. I've had those thoughts where it goes, man, what little I can contribute won't actually make that much of a difference, so why should I do it? And here's the thing is that when the Holy Spirit empowers you, He takes your little and makes it much. 
He takes a little and makes it a big difference. You know what I'm saying? And so even when it comes to things like half for the house, I'm passionate about half for the house. I, I think it's an incredible, incredible time where we get to uh, buy into the vision, the legacy of our church because reality is finances unlock the kingdom of God. Finances unlock opportunities for us in so many different ways. And so we actually need to be faithful with that. And so I'm a big believer, but I feel like so many people often go, well, I don't feel like I can contribute that much. And so it's not going to make much of a difference. So why would I? But here's the thing is that what little you put in, God can take that and multiply that and multiply it tenfold, a hundred times fold and actually make it more effective than you even realize. It's all about us doing in the natural and God bringing down a super and applying it to that and allowing it to be a supernatural moment, yeah? Or movement. So when it comes to heart for the house, I want to encourage you, pray about it, but don't be disheartened. Don't be discouraged. Put your natural and do what you can. Do what, all that you can. Go, hey, this is what I can give and trust that God's going to bring a super to it and the Holy Spirit is going to anoint it and empower you through what you are doing to, for a supernatural thing to take place, yeah? Does that sound good? Yes? The Holy Spirit empowers you to do what God is asking you to do, but it still requires an action from us. It's not just up to the Holy Spirit to do it. It's not just up to be like, hey, you just take care of it. No, it requires a stepping out from us. Peter, when he preached to all those people, I'll tell you what, like, I don't think the Holy Spirit just took over him and he couldn't control himself when he was just standing up there. No, no, no. It took a, a courage, a courageous moment for him to actually step up and stand out and start speaking and trust that God had his back and would add his super to his natural so that something crazy would take place. And we see 3,000 people come to know Jesus that day. What natural can you step out into that God can add a super to? What natural can you step out into in your workplace, in your school, in your university, wherever you may find yourself, in your home, in your friendships, in your family? What natural steps can you take that you're going to believe that the Holy Spirit is going to come and add a super to and trust that a supernatural thing is going to take place within that? Maybe it's in relationships. Maybe you, you can take a step forward and begin a re- reconciliation process with someone. And God can restore that relationship to where it used to be. Maybe it's in the area of finance. Maybe you can take a step and trust that God has got you and you're going to take that natural step and God is going to bring a super to it and create a supernatural miracle in your life in the area of finances. Maybe it's in your work. Maybe you find a colleague that is doing it tough. And I'll tell you what, if you were to take a step and go, hey, why don't you just come over to my house for dinner? I'd love to just bless you and hang out with you. A lot of people don't do that. That's going to blow someone's mind. Even here at church, there are so many people who are new for the first time and we just want to welcome you if you are new here this morning or maybe you haven't been to church in a while and you come here this morning. We just want to say thank you and you are welcome. But here's the thing, here at church, there are so many people that you have no idea who, what their names are. Like, let's be real. You can meet someone after the service and you can invite them over to your house and who knows, that could be like one of your best friends ever. And they could end up opening your world and you could have an incredible supernatural friendships that are formed based on a natural step that steps out of your comfort zone and goes, you know what? I'm actually going to believe that God's got my back in this, yeah? So we're all going to have a big party after the service. It's going to be great. We're going to meet so many new friends. It's going to be awesome. So number one, the role of the Holy Spirit is to empower us. But number two, the role of the Holy Spirit is to equip us. When I was younger, um, I used to play rugby. Uh, don't hate me. It's because uh, I grew up in Canberra and AFL doesn't exist in Canberra. Uh, it's rugby territory over there. And so I played rugby, rugby for a bit. But when I started out, I couldn't afford all the equipment that I needed to play it. And so what, what happened is that my dad said, hey, I'm going to buy you all the equipment that you need to be effective and what you need to be effective in. 
And it's the same thing with the Holy Spirit. Like often I think we can go and we go, man, I don't have all it takes to be able to do that. I don't have all it takes to be able to connect with lead. I don't have all it takes to be able to serve. I don't have all it takes to be able to go into my workplace and talk to people about Jesus. I don't have all it takes. And here's the thing, the Holy Spirit is going, it doesn't matter what you have or don't have because I'm here to be able to equip you and it's not gonna cost you anything because I'm gonna equip you with what you need to be able to fulfill and do what God is asking you to do. What is God asking you to do that you feel unqualified for? Because reality is, is that we're all unqualified by ourselves. But here's the cool thing is that we were made justified when Jesus died on that cross. And as a result, we got access to this thing, the person called the Holy Spirit who is able to equip us and make us qualified no matter what God has called us to do. And so no matter, no matter where you find yourself, you are qualified. You can be equipped by the Holy Spirit to be able to step out in the season that you're in. Maybe you feel like you need strength or maybe you feel like you need wisdom or whatever it may be. The Holy Spirit is here to equip you where you're at in the day to day. See, Peter had a history. Like I said, Peter didn't have a good history of talking about Jesus in public places. But when he stood up, the Holy Spirit equipped him with what he needed to say in that moment to be effective for Jesus. The Bible puts it this way in Hebrews 13, 20, verse 21, 20 to 21. Sorry. Now may the God of peace who brought up from the dead of our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of, of the sheep and ratified the eternal covenant with his blood. May he equip you with all that you need for doing his will. May he produce in you through the power of Jesus Christ, every good thing that is pleasing to him. All glory to him forevermore. Amen. So here's the thing. Jesus wants to equip you for your future. The Bible talks about no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined the things that God has in store for those who love Him. And I want to tell you, sometimes that can be a little bit terrifying because you go, oh, little of me can't step into that. But here's the cool thing is that Jesus is going, no, I sent the Holy Spirit down so that you can walk with Him on a regular and daily basis and He could equip you with what you need so that you didn't have to bring it by yourself, but that you would rely on me and I could work in you and through you to be able to affect people in your world and the world around you. The Holy Spirit is here not only to empower us, but to equip us. One of the ways that He equips us is through the people around us. We got, uh, Pastor Ash mentioned that we have Paul Scanlon coming next week. Uh, sorry, Vicky mentioned that. Sorry, Pastor Ash mentioned it in chapel. But Vicky mentioned it, uh, that we have Paul Scanlon coming next week. And we have him at 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. service. Here's the thing. The Holy Spirit equips you through people like that. The Holy Spirit equips you through people like that who are incredible communicators who can come down and give you tools for your life that you can implement and become more effective with what you're doing and how you're doing it. He gives you access to people like that in your world and maybe you have people in your world that you go and talk to about stuff. See, the Holy Spirit equips you through those people as well. And not only does He equip you through people, but He equips you through circumstances. Do you know what I'm talking about when it's like, like you're like, Jesus, please give me more patience. And then like, he doesn't give you patience, but he gives you an opportunity to be patient. It's like, why? Come on, man. It's like when I was in school, I used to be like teachers, like, oh, like, like, I'm going to go way back. I'm like, what's two plus four? And they're like, what do you think you, what do you think it is? I'm like, I don't know. That's what I'm asking you, you know, like, but so often he doesn't just give us faith, he gives us the opportunity because reality is, is that if he would just give it to us, we would not learn anything and we would not retain the tools that we need in a future scenario that we'd have to be able to put into practice to be effective for God down the track. But rather he gives us a situation and a circumstance so we can learn and develop and grow and begin to equip ourselves with what we need and carry on to the tools that we need so that we can be effective down the track. 
Imagine if you were building a shed and you had to go up to someone and ask every time you needed a hammer. Like you, you hit a nail once and you had to go return it. And you had to go get it every time and then hit it once and then go return it. How ineffective would that be? But yet, if you have someone teach you how to use a hammer and then teach you how to buy a hammer, all of a sudden that becomes a lot more an effective process and you can build a lot quicker and become a lot more uh, really just, uh, I was trying to think of another word besides effective because I use it so much, but effective, productive. There you go. That's the one I was looking for. Because you've been taught by the experience, not just given what you wanted, yeah? Holy Spirit is here to equip you in your day-to-day life. Not only is the Holy Spirit here to empower you or equip you, but the Holy Spirit is actually here to encourage you as well. To encourage you. See, the word encourage, um, if you go back to Middle English, uh, back in the day, you know, before High English, I don't know, they call it Middle English. Don't ask me why, but they do. Um, maybe someone else knows here why, and that's, come chat to me afterwards. But they call it Middle English and encourage, E-N, courage, used to be actually two separate words in Middle English called encourage, I-N, courage. And then it kind of meshed with like a French word, encourager. And so that's how we get our word today. But really what it actually, where it comes from, what it means is to place courage within. To place courage within. Because I, 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 when I read the story about Peter, I put myself in his shoes sometimes and I go, man, like he just had this lowest of lows and then goes to this incredible moment. And for us to think that he didn't have any thoughts that went in his head after he preached that sermon and went, hey, Peter, like, what are you doing, man? Like, don't you remember how you denied Jesus three times? What gives you the right to stand up in front of everyone and do that? Don't you remember what you did? And maybe some of you have those thoughts where you feel like you're getting some momentum for God in your life and you're getting some momentum and then you have these thoughts that come to go, hey, don't you remember what you did last week? Don't you remember what you said about that person? You're not qualified. You can't do this. What are you talking about? God can't use you. You're too far gone. What do you mean? Your shame, your guilt is too big. You can't do this. You are going to be ineffective for God if you do this. What, what, you think just because you've had this one moment, you're going to be good. For, no, 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 this doesn't work that way. And you have these thoughts that rush into your head. And reality is that the Holy Spirit is here to encourage us, to place courage within us so that when those thoughts come, we know where to put them and that is to throw them out of our mind because reality is when I read the gospel, it talks about how we are justified with Christ. We are justified by His blood, which means that no longer does any mistake you made, anything happen, affect how God sees you. When you go to Him and you're like, Jesus, you're like, God, I need forgiveness for what I've done. He forgives you in that moment and doesn't see any of the other stuff. He doesn't see it. And as a result, we are made justified with Him, which means that we are made co-heirs with Christ, which means that we are built and designed to walk with the Holy Spirit and be effective. And see, when there's a real God, there's also a real enemy and He knows this and He doesn't want you to be effective, which means that He is going to challenge you where it hurts you the most. And for most people, that's our mind. There's a quote that says, most battles, most battles are won in the mind. We have battle we face every day and that is our mind and our thoughts and what come at us. And we need to learn to cement ourselves in what God says about us. 
and what the Holy Spirit is. And we need to learn to walk with the Holy Spirit on a daily basis because God wants you to be have a vibrant life. God wants you to have an effective life. God wants you to have a life that is far greater, far bigger than you can hope, dream or even imagine for. But unless we actually activate a relationship with the Holy Spirit on a daily level, on a daily basis, we won't fully be able to step into that because I'll tell you what, we won't be able to see the empowerment that we need or the equipment that we need and we won't be able to see the encouragement that we need because the Holy Spirit comes in and He helps to encourage us and place courage within us for where we're at. Joshua 1 verse 9 says, This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. What voices are you listening to? Are you listening to which ones are you listening to? Are you listening to the one? Which ones are you listening to? Are you listening to the one? Because Jesus says you are loved. Jesus says that you are worth dying for. That you're worth paying the price for. And that He has an incredible future ahead of you. And I don't know if you're here this morning and maybe you feel discouraged and disheartened. Maybe you struggle with those thoughts that say, hey, you're, you're not equipped enough. You, you, you don't know what you're talking about. No, no, you can't do this. You can't step into this. I want to just abolish that because reality is we all need some encouragement. We all need some encouragement placed within us. And I want to encourage you to step into that. One of the best ways, right, you can receive encouragement in your life is to join a connect group. Here at Victory Church, we believe that church, church isn't just Sunday, right? Church is Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, you know? And the way that we do that is by a little thing that we call connect groups, which is basically just a group of people that come together and do life with one another. And one of the main ways the Holy Spirit can encourage you in your moments of toughness, in your moments of darkness, in your your tough seasons, is for you to get around a bunch of people who love you, who care for you, who want the best for you, and see that you are not what you have done, but you are who Jesus says you are. You are not what you looked at, but you are who Jesus says you are. You are not what you took, but you are who Jesus says you are. You are a child of God and we were designed to be in relationship and do life on a daily basis with the Holy Spirit who is there to empower, equip and encourage you to step into all that God has for you and so much more. I want to encourage you that God sees you this morning and you are not a disappointment to Him. You are not a disappointment. He has so much in store for you. I think that we can stop ourselves so short sometimes because we don't realize that God has so much in store for us and He wants us to walk into it. And we think that we have to kind of like graduate levels, you know, like I'm level two Christian. Yeah. From my Bible four times, I'm level five Christian. Yeah. Only once I get to level 10, that's when I can do. No, no, that's not the case at all. It's not what I read in the gospel. And then you have people as well who, they're on fire, they make a mistake, they have a low moment and all of a sudden they think they go all the way back to go and don't collect $200, you know what I'm saying? Like, they think that, oh man, I made a mistake, I have to start all the way back at the beginning. That's not the case either. So being able to walk with the Holy Spirit equips, empowers us, equips us and encourages us and it's the best thing and it makes us effective in what God has in store for us. But there'll be some people in this room that you go, man, I want that, but man, how do I get that? And I'll tell you, this is how you get it. You, you just... Build a relationship with Jesus. 
You build a relationship with Jesus because I read in the gospel that it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what you said. It doesn't matter if you think you're good enough or not good enough because Jesus loved you anyways. And he's going, no, it's not, it's not this level situation. It's not this, if you make a mistake, you have to start all the way back at the beginning again. It's none of that at all because the gospel is all about grace. And you see, you read in the gospel and it goes, hey, when you make a mistake, all we need to do is get before God and go, God, I'm sorry. And he forgets about it. And we stand up and we keep walking again. Don't disqualify yourself because God isn't disqualifying you. Which voices are you listening to? The ones or the one? I want to pray with you guys this morning. I'm passionate about this because I believe that Holy Spirit, when we walk in step with Him, our lives become better, more effective, more fun, more just joyous and, and full of life and vibrant. And I believe there's moments every day that the Holy Spirit can speak to us about little things because it's the little things that make the big difference, yeah? It's not just the big booming voice. No, it's the little things that make a big difference. I was on holiday, like I said, and we were sitting having a burger uh, and there was kind of like this um, the seat that kind of looked out into the, the street where it was going and there was this young man who was sitting there and uh, he looked like he was waiting for someone. And I was like, cool, so we're just eating our burgers. And then a bunch of people came up who uh, he'd obviously known and knew and were his friends and started to just accuse him and yell at him and do all this sort of stuff. And I just felt like the Holy Spirit said to me, he was like, man, you should go chat to that guy after that left. And I was like, you know when like you hear the Holy Spirit, but you got to try and like build yourself up to doing it. <laughs> you know, like the Holy Spirit's like, you should go do that. And I was like, man, this music's really cool. You know, like, <laughs> and then so I got up and I stood up and kind of had to walk it was a little bit weird because you kind of have to like walk around and like you know like it's like man what would people think I'm weird it's like who cares you know so I just got up and went and chatted to this young man and said hey man like I heard, overheard a little bit I wasn't trying to ears drop but um, they were pretty loud uh, <laughs> are you okay are you all good and he was like uh, he's like they were my friends and explained a bit of the situation for me and um all I said to him, I was like, you know what, man? I think you're an incredible young man who has an incredible bright future ahead of you. And I think that you need to try and look for people who are going to build you up, not tear you down. And I don't know what you've done. I don't know what's taken place. But I want to let you know that what you've done isn't, doesn't define who you are. And I, I, that's all I said to him. I would, I would love to tell you that in that moment, he encountered Jesus. And I know he went to, you know, like, I would love to tell you that, but it didn't happen. Because here's the thing, when you're walking in step with the Holy Spirit, you're not result-driven. You're obedience-driven. I felt like God said to me, hey, you may never see the tree from the seed that you sow, but I'm still asking you to sow the seed. As a church, are we willing to sow the seed even if we never see the tree grow? Are you willing to show love to someone even if you don't see an immediate result? Walking with the Holy Spirit isn't about results, but it's about obedience. As the band comes up, I would love to pray with you guys really quick because I think if we were to activate this, man, God would blow our minds of what, what could happen. And I walked away from that young man feeling really encouraged myself. And I was like, man, I can't believe God that you would use me and I feel so privileged that you would use me to show part of your love to that young man 
And once again, I don't know, he may have gone to church that next Sunday, he may have not, he may never go to church for the next 10 years, but there may be a moment where he remembers someone who showed him a bit of love and care and shared a bit of a, an encouragement with him that said, hey, you're better than this, you're not what you are, I'm going to empower you, I'm going to let you know that you're better than who you are right now, I'm going to give you a quick next step and then I'm going to encourage you to what's going to happen because the Holy Spirit empowers, equips and encourages us but then it's up to us to empower and equip and encourage other people as we go as well. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au.